0: Welcome into Renner Ranks, I'm Mike Renner, NFL Draft Analyst for The Messenger. Today, we're breaking down some draft prospects, the top five quarterbacks in the 2024 NFL Draft with a little help from my old pal, Steve Palazzolo of PFF. We each had, despite this being one of the best quarterback classes, we each had a different guy at number one. Excited to get into it. Let's get it. This is Renner Ranks, the ultimate NFL ranking show. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash and use code all lowercase lockdown NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Every Friday, we will be breaking down some sort of prospect rankings i'm trying to get a draft analyst on every friday steve not technically a draft analyst although he did do the pff draft guide prior to myself taking that over back in 2018 2019 when was that seems like forever ago that was so we have steve palazzolo on we'll try to get a draft analysts every friday to rank some prospects going through position by position here against me and then once draft season comes on well then it's full tour de force we're going to be doing prospects we're going to be doing teams Every single day draft fits. Very excited for that. Very excited for these rankings. Steve Palazzolo, quarterback guru for PFF. Let's get right into it. All right, Steve. You're the QB guru, the resident QB guru. So we're going to kick it to you first. Who is your number five quarterback? As it stands right now, and I know you said you didn't want to rank three through five, but you're going to have to on this show. Who's your number five quarterback (laughs) quarterback in the 2024
1: class right now? I thought we were just talking about QBs one and two. That's what I was hoping for. (laughs) But um, I think I'm going Shader Sanders. As five, okay. um, to me, I, I think for me it's kind of between I, he might not even come out, and I understand that, but between him and Twin Ewers for me, like I might want to take a shot on Ewers because I've seen some pr- improvement there, and with Sanders, there's still a lot of stuff that I don't like, and there's stuff that I do like, which is why I put him at five. Throws the ball pretty well, but pocket presence, I think, has to get better. Yeah, I, I've
0: been very impressed. You know what I saw going. Getting back to even his time at jackson state like i watched the jack state tape i'm like oh you know like i i, I guess i hadn't like realized he was like a highly rated recruit i just like thought it was Deion deon sanderson and i like hadn't heard anything about him but right. like dude's talented like he, he really has nfl talented back to that and i'm like he's really he's more advanced even than or, or just more like technically sound and like his footwork than even like a you know michael penix in this class and some of the guys who are older than him like i think he's more cons- throws from more consistent base I think there's a lot to like and obviously like he's taking on volume in that colorado state offense like they they, they put it all yeah. on his shoulders right so i've been very impressed with him um but i think he hit the nail he's not coming out right he his yeah. dad said he says dad said if he's not number one he's not coming out and we'll get to the number one and number two on this list but he ain't number he's one He's not jumping those guys yeah <laughs> i don't think he's particularly close to jumping those guys so i don't think he's coming out so i had about him a little bit of a moot point my number five though i'm going bo Nicks. I know we before we started here the oregon quarterback before we started you said you don't want to like bo nicks and i i felt the same way last year when i watched his tape i'm like this is because auburn was such like a like a sort of uh bad taste in the mouth as an evaluator to watch this guy who's so talented like he's got all the physical tools right um play horrible football for three years at auburn truly and then turn into like a game manager here at oregon who kind of just dinks and dunks his way down the football field. Even that drive this past week against Washington, biggest drive of his career. I don't think he threw it more than like five yards down the football field the entire drive. He was just, just trying to, you know, knew he had the timeouts, knew he could do that, and did just that, got him in the field goal range. Uh, probably could have taken some more chances, but didn't. And I think that's, the if there is a worrisome thing, it's that he is tight. He plays a little tight, and... He, you could still see that Auburn Bo Nicks trying to come out with his footwork at times. Like he gets antsy and then he hits his check down and won't, you know, when things get a little ugly in front of him, because he's playing behind such a good offensive line. I still worry if that guy's in there somewhere when he faces a lot more pressure, uh, when he would be having to come back with a, just the passing game with kind of it all on his shoulders, what it's going to look like. But I think there's enough there between his arm strength and his legs that uh, of these top five, I came in the year saying probably there's two guys that felt good about going first round. I think this whole top five I'd probably draft in the first round at this point. So Bo Nix is
1: my number. Yeah. So so Nix is actually my four.
0: Okay. <clears throat> so uh, even Harvey if Tracy.
1: even though – yeah, right? So even though I'm saying, hey, I don't trust him, I'm going to view the Auburn Auburn transition as a positive, obviously. I mean, you mm-hmm. should think of it as a positive. Yeah. There's a fear that, like, man, that, that he he went from gunslinger to game manager. You and I were talking offline. It was like this dude went from Jay Cutler to Alex Smith. I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen that. But that's there's this moldable ability where I say, okay, maybe that's a thing, right? Is he mm-hmm. moldable? Is there a little bit of gunslinger in him? So if he does, can you move that slider right from gunslinger to conservative? Because I, you know, last year against UCLA, I saw him execute this over and over, quick hitting conservative passing game where he made good decision yeah there's a lot of screens in there too but good decision after good decision after good decision and that's impressive to me right that he's executed multiple types of game plans he does throw really well on on the run and he's got a little bit of that you know playmaking creativity to him so that part I think is intriguing for Bo Nix the fact that we've seen him grow and grow in multiple systems and it's like, remember, like Jordan Palmer came out a few years ago when he was in the middle of being the, you know, gunslinger who threw to the defense three times. He's like, he's a future number one overall pick. And that's one of those comments. You're like, come on, Jordan, stop saying that. Stop, like, there's no way. But it's one of those that comes true later where it's like he was right. Like there was something in him and the ability to adjust and run a different scheme and run it effectively in a whole different style I think is impressive. Well,
0: Let's not say he was right because he ain't going number one overall. It's he was white
1: Like he was but righted, he was but you know? he he saw
0: yeah. the talent and the talents evolved. And I and I do I do agree with your point there that we should see it as a positive. You can't hold the Auburn against him. You should see it as like legitimate growth that he's yeah actually recognized his weaknesses and gotten rid of them. I do still think the accuracy is not, you know, so he's completed 78.9% of his passes. His accuracy is not yeah. that. That is boosted by that right. offense and what he's asked right. to do. But it's it's NFL caliber at this point. It's, you know, it's he's able to, it's good enough. I'll, I'll just say, but I, I the, the biggest thing is still like pressure, man. They, he doesn't see any pressure in that offense. Barely any. Yeah. I'm looking at PFF.com right now. 13 that's pressures cool. this past week against Washington was the most he's had in the game all season. It was as, as many as he had in the rest of his games combined almost. So uh, that's going to be something that just like you need to see before you believe a guy. All right, my number four was Shadour Sanders. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizable, customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medication that best fits you and your family's unique needs. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they've added ivermectin as an option to the Jace case. You can also buy gift cards for family or loved ones so they themselves can get their own Jace case. Go to JaceMedical.com and enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code locked on at JASE medical.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel, my personal favorite sports book of choice. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options: spreads, parlays, over/unders, and more. I'm an SGP fan myself. Those same game, single game, whatever you want to call them, parlays. I think there's I think there's value to be had there. So visit fanduel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So let's kick it back to, and we discussed him again. I don't think he's coming out, but I think the separation there to me is that he's a lot younger um, playmaking ability outside the pocket. And we've seen him under pressure a lot this year, you know, a little different in terms of what he's been asked to do under pressure, Bo Nix versus Shadur Sanders. So that's what tips the scales towards Shadur for me. Who's your number three?
1: Really quick on Sanders, but like there are, there are people who analyze quarterbacks in an oversimplified way, which is what was the team before and after this quarterback? It's like, Oversimplified, but maybe directionally correct. And mm. I'm I'm not saying Shadur is the only reason why Colorado's competitive after winning one game last year, but there's something to it. There's something to the volume that you said. There's something to. I don't think the line's great. It's not as bad as his sack totals would indicate, but he's carrying a lot, and I think that's where I'm I'm intrigued by Shadar Sanders. Uh, number three, again, I don't love it. I'm I'm going I'm going Michael Penix here, because. I'm getting. I know he's old and he's got bad knees. I know that's like the beginning of the scouting report sounds like me, right? Old, bad knees. I'm getting some 2019 Joe Burrow vibes from Penix, right? You've got this elite receiver core, which is a factor. We know that's a factor. It's not insurmountable, but that is a factor in his production. But he is throwing these 30, 40 yard handoffs down the field, the downfield passing from Penix. And I thought coming into the season, everything we described about Bo Nix kind of runs the offense and makes the throws and does, does the basic stuff really, really well. I'd say that element, I think is intriguing about Penix, the age thing. I don't know. The age thing doesn't matter through the lens of, will he get better? The age thing matters. If you're looking at his production right now and saying, this is incredible, right? Because it does matter if you're older, if you're just, you know, projecting a guy based off of his production. Um, it is easier theoretically when you're older in college it doesn't mean he'll have limited upside or anything just because he's a couple of years older than other guys in my opinion so that's the part i think he can run an offense and he's got some three-level accuracy that you know can play and,
0: and also with pennix though to touch on the age thing he was awesome as a sophomore in indiana you, you know yeah. like he was darn good this wasn't even like a joe burrow where you know obviously joe burrow could start as a sophomore but like Penix was doing things with an Indiana team that was not good that he should not have been doing way back when. And it was just injury after injury piled up, couldn't stay on the football field. And once he gets to Washington, there's been nothing but high end play from him. Um, So if you're comparing the better ones, Hendon Hooker, the better one to me is like a comparison to Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker was like legitimately not great early on his career. at had tech turned out to be once he gets to Tennessee and runs this kind of gimmicky offense. that's why Penix is three for me. I, I, this past weekend jumped those other two guys that I just mentioned, Bo Nix and Shadour Sanders, because of that. Because what was the difference in this game? The special throws down the football field. You know, he does have receivers that are probably you know, some of the be- one of the best team cores in the country. But he was also putting it on guys down the field in clutch situations that he really had no business doing. That Bo Nix straight up was not doing in that game. And yeah, he kind of throws like Uncle Rico. He's got that. Li- he doesn't step in to throws, and he kind of like. Flips back as soon as he like whips it, it's all arm, but he's got a strong arm. It is yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious to watch, and it might you know turn evaluators off because of it, but he attacks down the football field, he's accurate with the ball. And my biggest thing, he does not take sacks, he will not take sacks, like he he avoids them very, very well over the course of his career. So he has 1406 dropbacks, he's taken 23 sacks over that span. So that's like about two full NFL seasons. He's taken only 23 sacks, a career 6.2 pressure to sack conversion rate. It's that's impressive. insane. That's one of the best we've ever seen. You know, when PFF started grading from a prospect and it's not just that Washington has a fairly good offensive line They do, but like that dates back to his time at Indiana. He wouldn't take sacks behind a bad Indiana line. So you put all those things together and you know, ACLs to me, would be important for other positions, but I don't know if that's really what that's going to do at the quarterback position, besides maybe heighten the risk of retiring it. But I don't think you're worried about like the guy's career getting shortened. Right. I, I, I don't think that's a big thing. No. So,
1: the, me, my- the, it's funny. The, I think the analytics community, especially is really hot on the, on the sack thing, right. Really hot yeah. on the pressure to sack rate and, you know, and the analytics community are friends on, you know, analytics, football, Twitter, they oversimplify things sometimes like just look at sack rate. And that's the only thing you need, yeah. but it is a thing that plays, right? It plays across multiple colleges. It plays from college to the NFL. It's not always one-to-one, but it is a very projectable trait. And again, when you're just talking about a guy that can run the offense and make the, uh, you know, those special downfield throws with some accuracy and avoid negative plays there, there is something to like there.
0: The one thing I don't like about Michael Penix is that Washington's all 22 is shot from like a blimp. So when you flip on the <laughs> tape, it looks like watching dots on the field. You have no clue what's going on yeah. when you're watching the sideline camera for Washington. It's
1: but brutal. By the way, I, the, I, was, I was tweeting some Caleb Williams throws earlier in the season, you know, some of his ridiculous throws. And some Washington fans came into the. They were like, no, Michael Penix has a better arm. And at, at first, I was like, you people are crazy. Like, <laughs> fandom is a disease. And I'm not saying Penix is at Caleb Williams' level. But there are some incredible arm strength type of throws. You talked about his mechanics. He is almost like pure sidearm. I think mechanics are one of the most overrated things because it's just about are you throwing on time and accurately? And can you do you have footwork to get, you know, from one to two to three? And can you do that? Like that's what mechanics are. It's not aesthetics. The aesthetics aren't great, but they get there and there is good velocity on the ball and there's accuracy. So I don't I don't care about his mechanics as far as like how it looks, you know
0: yeah I, I i wonder if anyone's even going to try to change his mechanics like if he does get with the jordan palmer and tries to yeah. change that stuff because like at this point i don't know like he's doing he's doing well enough without it his arm strength's more than good enough without it so we- as i stated off the rip today's episode is brought to you by price picks price picks is the largest independently owned dfs platform in north america They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play DFS. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It's really simple to play. Can make your picks and submit an entry in 60 seconds or less. Go to on lockdownnFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. That's right prizepix.com lockdownnFL with the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. This podcast is also brought to you by DoorDash. having people over for the big game this weekend, Don't spend your time slaving away on that world-famous Buffalo chicken dip that's the same as everyone else's Buffalo chicken dip. Order chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own Buffalo chicken dip on DoorDash. And get it all delivered without missing the game. Kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything you need to watch, party, or tailgate. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23 subject to change terms apply that's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 on your or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23 as I said subject to change terms apply we shall see. All right. Here it is. Top two. The debate. Who do you have at number two, Steve?
1: I'm wondering if it is a debate now. I know, uh, I know Notre Dame crushed Caleb the other night. I understand. Good job, Mike. Congrats. Thank you. Thank I you. mean, number two is still Drake May for me. And and I don't I don't know if I'm gonna flip that. Um, I'm a I like Drake May. I'm a I'm a fan, and he is when you look at age, like he's young, but and and that works in his favor because it's like, all right, I do expect improvement. And and I expect improvement in some of the things like footwork and like some of the easy stuff. I thought some of Drake May's worst plays are just simple throws to the flat, little stick routes. I mean, he's just off on some of the easy stuff. And much like uh, Josh Allen, athletic, you know, big-armed quarterback was able to just improve. Just, that's a footwork improvement. Those are things that maybe I would have cared more about but we're seeing more quarterbacks able to fix that i think drake may is unbelievable throwing to the middle of the field his ability just uh, seam routes and the field when to back shoulder it when to lead when to throw it with touch i think all of that stuff's great i think this year he's had a few more of those uh, out of structure plays the left-handed touchdown and ability to you know to work outside of structure and and and, and put the ball on receivers so I like may a lot. We'll talk about Caleb Williams in a minute, but may is my two. And I don't anticipate unless Caleb Williams really collapses worse than he did on Saturday night. I don't anticipate Drake may jumping Caleb Williams for me.
0: I have, I have may one truthfully. I, 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 th- and it's not no shot at Caleb Williams. I think he's, I think they're just, I think they are elite, elite prospects. And I just think may has fewer flaws right now. And now Williams has unbelievable highs, right? Like I, I think, so to talk about him, he's my number two quarterback, but he has just pure physical ability is off the charts in terms of what he can do with his arm on the run, um, how he can escape pressure, how he uh, you know could run as a ball carrier, um, and just what that means transitioning to the NFL. It's just like seems easy to scheme up an offense for a guy that gifted. But I think Drake May is just, fits into any scheme. Anyway, like there's yeah. no scheming up for Drake May. The guy is scheme agnostic. That's not the right word. Yeah. He's scheme diverse. He he could do diverse it like just different. because the arm is there, the off-platform is there, the mobility is there, the in structure in timing is there. There's just like you said, there's some misses on his tape. I don't think he's a pure uh you know elite accuracy guy. Uh, by any means, I I wouldn't put him in that category. That's probably his biggest weakness at the moment, but it's not like concerningly bad. It's certainly not as bad as someone like Justin Herbert's was coming out of Oregon, but the good is so good. And and he avoids pressures and sacks at a fairly well rate. And he's, he's not working with the supporting cast. Like you're seeing him have to elevate lesser talent week in and week out. than a Caleb Williams has to Caleb Williams can, you know, fart out 300 yards in some of the games that he's playing against yeah. on his schedule, which is like the talent they have him around at USC, especially the offensive line talent. They have him around him right now and the pox he's getting, and then with Lincoln Riley calling plays. So, and then you factor in six foot four versus just a shade over six foot, you know, six foot one, two fifteen. that as much as we see Jalen hurts getting by at that size, just the historical precedent for guys in that range is not you know, as good as it is for guys that, are tall like drake may so i uh, i think that's wow. kind of what tips the scales
1: so it's close i the mean it's, height. It's,
0: it's it's damn close
1: to me you're going with the height tiebreaker i was not expecting to hear I'm going that with the high tiebreaker so <laughs> yeah like is. i said i i like may a lot in my note it's funny because i have i have similar notes on may and williams which is i, I want to see those guys hit the layups and i think for may he just misses some layups yeah. and caleb williams doesn't even look for layups and, but that's what <laughs> that's also, way to put it. Yeah. right. Like That's what makes me intrigued. I mean, so what makes me intrigued by Caleb Williams is it, if he didn't have any bad games, there would be a lot, like it's going to come out of people's mouths, Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes, right? There's because, because there's mobility, because there's legit speed as a scrambler, there's a cannon for an arm. I swear I, Allen Josh Allen has a cannon. I don't think I've seen anybody throw on the run with the velocity that Caleb, Caleb Williams has. And that's not like, that's not the tiebreaker or anything it's just he does stuff at such a high level trait wise compared to nfl quarterbacks it's out of this world right like when on the
0: run when it's just arm too like when when, it, when there's yeah. no there when there's Throwing just to like, his he, left yes that's Throwing like to was like, left all the I time. i agree i do
1: agree this i, do, I have not seen so,
0: anything like
1: that so josh allen just this past sunday night creates the game winning throw on a play that's not there he's scrambling to his right but because of his velocity and ability to throw the ball, this, you know, it's at this spot away from coverage. It created a touchdown that didn't exist. Bills win. Caleb Williams has that type of ability. So I might be blinded by the can-do aspect of Caleb Williams. I really think a lot of his, his scouting report should read a lot like Patrick Mahomes' scouting report coming out of college. Now, where those things diverge is the question, right? Patrick Mahomes took all his weakness column coming out of college, and turn them all into strengths. Whether it was because he's in Andy Reid's system, because he just decided to play within the system a little bit more. But Mahomes wanted to make too many plays outside of structure. He faced all these three-man rushes. He was trying to, you know, play backyard football too much. But he figured out the balance at the NFL level, right? And I don't know if Caleb Williams will do that, but I would love to bet on it. I would love to bet on it. and Because I think Caleb Williams just lets you do different things, right? So the same way Mahomes... If everybody's covered, you just know he's going to pick up a first down with his legs. Caleb Williams has that aspect of it. Caleb Williams is you know, running plays where he just decides he's going to become a lead blocker on a play because he's that athletic. I'm not saying that's the thing that makes him an NFL star, but there are those little things that he does that I think are different from anyone else, just like a Mahomes has some things he does that are different from every, anyone else, that if Williams can figure out some of his weaknesses, and we can talk about how he handles pressure and blitz answers and all that stuff. But if he figures out some of those weaknesses, Caleb Williams, that I would chase that ceiling. I think over Drake May. I don't know.
0: It's I I've said for a while now. I don't think you can go wrong. I think their tape this year
1: yeah. hasn't been,
0: you know, unbelievable. But it's only solidified my belief that I think they're on a similar yeah. sort of tier that is above everyone else. And that, they, you know, one and two quarterbacks have not had a great legacy of working out. But I right. do think that this year. I wouldn't be too worried if I have the second overall pick versus the first overall pick in this quarterback class. All right. So we yeah. drank our top five there. I agree. If there's anyone outside of the top five by, it doesn't have to be like your number six, but who are you most intrigued by? Cause it's such a deep quarterback class. Who's the guy outside of the top five that you're like, I would
1: like to see more of him, what he could be. So we've talked off air about JJ McCarthy. I think we both kind of have that. I want to see more. Quinn Ewers is the guy, man, I mentioned him as a potential six. I, I, again, I don't know when Ewers comes out, but I, you've seen improvement from him, maturity, cut his hair. You know you know how that is, Mike. Did? You cut your hair, you're like a whole new person, right? You're business you gotta, now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Ewers. I, he reminds me, there's a little of Bo Nix in there where it's like, okay, do I trust it, right? Because there's so many of his plays that don't look aesthetically nice because it's bad footwork and everything, but he gets away with it. But I don't know if that lack of attention to detail is going to play but yours has the the talent man to make a run and then jj mccarthy like i said i think there's there's something there i'm just not sure you know every now and again i'm like man he's got great zip every now and again he also just you know throws a duck for a deep ball and it's it's inconsistent arm talent and the you know size and athleticism that he has i just don't know if that's a great transition to the nfl It might it's good not great
0: yeah to me both of them and McCarthy, maybe not so much. Cause I just, one, he's like, he's not even been asked to do anything. He's played nobody. Like we'll find out when he plays, you know, Penn state, Ohio state, what he's really made up, but both of them, I see coming back. Honestly, I don't think either of them are guys that are going to look at this class and say, you know, I want to go out. Like look at this class and say next year I could be the number one overall pick possibly. So I think both are guys that I would just expect to come back. The one I'm intrigued about, Maybe maybe not as much as those two, but who this season has really opened my eyes Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback. He was a guy you know, two years ago, his first year kind of came in for, what's it, De'Ara King, right? When he went down, had a good second half of the year. He's getting you know first-round hype, whatever. Pooped the bed back 2022 season. Did not play well at all. Uh, I believe got benched at times. Came back this season, took his medicine. And he, he looks like a different guy. He had a throw against North Carolina that was like one of the throws of the year. Just a guy bearing down on him, got popped, puts a wheel route in the bucket, probably about forty yards down the football field. He's a he's an all time looks the part guy. You know, he's six foot five, two thirty, and the ball just flies out of his hand. He he can just any level, it just on a dart drive throw is really easy. So it just looks like a different guy. I mean, he looks way better than ever before. So I'm just I I don't know uh, necessarily if he's gonna make his way into like the first round conversation, but I bet he goes to like a senior bowl and a shrine bowl and looks good in short sort of guy and could play. People are going to like him. Stuff. Yeah. So yeah,
1: the story, the story around Miami is they have built the offense around his strengths. Right. And, and so you mm-hmm. go from a guy that hit a, you know, hit a downturn in his career and he's, he is playing much better than he was a couple of years ago. There's a lot of those guys, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it does feel like college football right now has a plethora of at least starting caliber NFL quarterbacks which isn't the goal, which is really, that's what makes QB evaluation <laughs> tricky. The goal isn't to find starters. The goal is to find the guy, the franchise guy. I don't know if there's more than two franchise guys, but I think there's a lot of potential starters around college football right now.
0: Yes. I, I mean, it's this, this might not be like the top heaviest of classes, but it's one of the deepest that I've ever seen. Yeah. Obviously assuming that these guys come out. All right, see what you got in the pipe down at PFF? Anything we should be looking forward to here?
1: Just the PFF NFL podcast, man. Just the daily. Pod. How often do you on a week now? Are you on every day? Uh, I'm good? just doing three days a week. Um, okay. I suggest everybody tunes in five days a week, but especially Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, when I'm on, reviewing every game Monday, previewing every game Thursday, and just rambling for over yeah. an hour on Wednesday about anything. Who knows? Those episodes so. go off the
0: review and the preview. Everyone wants yeah. to hear what you think of them. All right, Steve, appreciate you coming on, ranking these quarterbacks. We'll probably get you on again, hopefully during draft season, maybe revisit some of this quarterback talk, sure. see then who's actually declared, who we're actually looking forward to in the draft, but uh, appreciate it. Good seeing you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, buddy. I am very curious to see how this quarterback class checks out. Who declares? You know, we rank these Bo Nicks, Michael Penix, they got to declare. Six years in college, it's time to head out, fellas. <laughs> uh you're done. So those guys have to declare it, but there's a lot of guys who are very talented that don't necessarily have to. So it's going to be fun to debate all spring long because drafts are catching up. Drafts coming up. It's a lot of teams are looking forward to the draft as it stands right now. I know I'm always looking forward to the draft, but on Monday, we'll be back with my All-22 Tape Takeaways. As every Monday, I watch the All-22 so you don't have to. Sunday night I'll be up late won't be coming back from the Notre Dame game so I'll have a lot of time on my hands won't be violently hungover either driving uh back from South Bend Indiana which will also help me so very excited for that hope you guys tune in we will see you on Monday Hey, prime members